What's up, y'all? This is the Crazy Man Ver. Today on Catch the Craze, I'll be talking to Michael Nunley, and I'm hoping I pronounced it right. I had to Google it. Well, with that said, we're going to be talking about comics and Kickstarters and more. So let's get it. <laughs> Show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your man to listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. Making moves on your own, cast the craze. On your grind in the street, cast the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now, now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Crazy Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Sam the Crazy Man, Vera. And George is in Europe. So George is not going to be with us tonight because he will be on a two-week vacation um, in Europe. So uh, he's going to a wedding, then he's flying from there to to Greece. He's going to have a good old time. So with that said, flying the ship solo. Tonight we're going to be talking to an independent creator who does everything. I mean, it's the CEO Oh, 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 oh. So, and you'll find out why. And uh, his name is Michael Nunley. And uh, we're going to be talking about his Kickstarter, Dragon Girl Albino Warrior number one, coming up soon. Um, before we start talking to him, we'll get to you know, run down a few things. So, um, this episode, um, if we're talking in the past and present, is because it's pre recorded. So, uh, um, and uh, it will be live. If you have any comments for our guests um, when this episode airs, please put it in that. But there will be links directing you to his social media handles and all that other stuff. So um, if you haven't done so already, you know, when we grow, the indie community grows. Like, subscribe, share it with a friend, let the world know about Cast the Craze. We are the home of the independent creator. You know, launched in 2005, um, we have over 100,000 views, um, and uh, the downloads on Podbean are pretty significant. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff. And um, don't forget, every Thursday mornings, we have the Morning Brew with the Crazy Crew, uh, where we take topics from the crazy in 10 or less on Mondays. And we chatted up on Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with a cup of coffee, and basically we take questions from the live chat and uh, we talk about interesting topics from trending things pop culture and whether it's film movies or just industry related um advice in the independent world um also the the kickstarter has ended for there's an alien in my toilet at the time that you're seeing this i should be the stuff should be at the printers or on its way to you one or two so we'll figure that out uh, based on when this airs uh, so thank you everybody who supported the campaign. The next campaign the, for this name of my toilet will be October first. So um, give us some time. Uh, you'll, you should be getting your your rewards in, in July. 
um, you know, late July, early August. Um, and so it'll give you time to uh, absorb, absorb it, read it, enjoy it. And then in October, I'm actually launching the graphic novel. So I went one, two, and I'm going straight to the graphic novel with five issues in it. So um, uh, why you ask me? Because the goal is that they need a year to have the graphic novel in stores. So um, I, I want Disney on my toilet in stores this year. So that's what we're doing. Um, <clears throat> the channel keeps growing. We're at 609 subscribers. I think in the past week we had, at least in the past 10 days, uh, I think 11 new subscribers to the channel. So thank you, everybody who subscribed. Um, a lot of you have private um, um, accounts, so I don't know who you are, so I can't actually thank you by name, but uh, we do appreciate you tremendously. Um, with that said, uh, Wonder Duck uh, by George Medina should be um, on its way to you as well. So thank you, everybody who supported that campaign as well. So there's so much to go over, but uh, you know, enough about that. Uh, I want to talk to our guest who's sitting there anxiously in the waiting room. So we're going to bring him in and we're going to talk. Did I get your last name right? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Nunley. That's it. Oh, good, good. I had to Google it. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's Swedish. So the so the so the pronunciation is is might be a little weird with the spelling and all that. Outstanding, outstanding. So, Michael, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to the audience? Let them know who we are speaking to. All right. My name is Michael Nunley. I am the uh, CEO and founder of Omen Comics, uh, CEO and co-founder of Revelation Comics. I'm a podcaster at Omen Revelations Podcast. Man, and uh, yeah, yeah, I've been uh, been making comics since 2018. Uh, I'm about to put out our 12th, my the 12th comic. Outstanding. Outstanding. So before we talk about the comics and, and, and all that stuff, let's let's go a little back in time and learn about you. So what, okay. where'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? Um, and um, what were you into as a kid? Oh, um, I grew up, uh, I guess, primarily in Chico, California. Um, and so uh, we I, I grew up kind of in the in the sh shall we call it the rougher the rougher neighborhood there in Chico, California. It's an area called Chapman Town and within that uh, area. Wow. Um, I was. Um, uh, despite, despite the, the, the rough, uh, surroundings I was surrounded by, um, I was just a geek. Um, you know, I, I, I loved watching my, my superhero shows and reading my comic books. And I loved, we used to play this little, not, not necessarily D and D, but a sort of D and D adventure. You know, um, I just, I just loved hanging out and doing geek stuff, man. And, uh, uh, yeah, just kind of, uh, evolved from there. Actually, uh, what, one of the, one of the very first comics I ever wrote when I was 12 years old. Wow, what was it? Uh, it was called The Warrior. It was very derivative, uh, based off of uh, Casey Jones, for the most part, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, um, I, was, I was a big TMNT fan, um, but, you know, I, I, I was 12. You know, you, you got to expect some derivation there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, you brought up an interesting point. You said, you know, where you grew up was, was kind of challenging and rough. Um, was comics um, your escape? Definitely, definitely was. Um, I, I, uh, I, but like I said, the, the world outside was a little harsh and yeah. comics, comics let me be, you know, I, I got to escape, escape into a world, uh, where I wasn't the, the, the loser, you know, right. <laughs> I was right. actually, I I'll tell you a little something, you know, those kids in the school that everybody picks on, yes. even they picked on me. 
<laughs> so so we're, we're talking comics were definitely my escape man <laughs> wow. wow it's interesting because i was having that conversation that's like you know bull, bullies will never go away for whatever reason and i know i grew up around bullies from elementary school um and i remember there was a point that i got it, i think that the, the turning point for me as a kid is when the bullies hurt my friends and then uh, I just I just went Braveheart and I was just like and I went rogue. And from that point on, I was like, wait, the bullies are really just big old skitty cats that are just using their bravado and size to intimidate. But once they were challenged, they ran. And I realized that. And so from that point on, me and my friends weren't bullied again. But we I mean, we, I think all the way through sixth grade, um, it was a pain in the rear. Right, right, for sure. Um, in Chapman Town, a lot of the this was in the nineties too. Uh, mm -hmm. Gangs were a really big issue, so it wasn't necessarily individual bullies, but whole groups. Oh yeah, that's even worse. Yeah. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. So which was uh, so what? How did you get introduced to comics? How did I get into comics? Well, um, it started, of course, I mean, I used to watch the old, uh, I think it came out in, what was it, like 67 or 68, that animated Spider-Man cartoon, of course, you know, yes. and, the, and the Super Friends and Spider-Man and his amazing friends and the Hulk, you know, and I watched all that stuff. Uh, I, I really loved it. But uh, I went over, I was with my uncle, we went over to his friends one time, and uh, his friend had a copy of uh, Secret Wars that had just come out, the original. Um, oh. I think I, so this was about 85. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, I, I was checking it out and, um, he thought it would be pretty cool to get me into comics. So he totally loaned it to me. And it was not long after that, that I bought my very first comic. Well, and what was that? Uh, Thor, the mighty Thor. I, I was huge into mythology. Yeah. Uh, I really loved it. I was all into uh, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, and I just nice. loved the whole fantasy thing, right? And I'm 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 walking into the store, and I'm, I'm I went there to get candy, and I actually saw uh, on the on the spindle rack, I saw a comic that said the Mighty Thor on it, and I'm thinking Thor from mythology, and I'm like, right. there's a comic with Thor in it. Holy crap! <laughs> I gotta buy that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, that's how it was about Conan. Uh, um, I used to get the Conan in the magazine size Conans back in the days. Yeah. Oh, they were awesome. Um, so let's what point you said at 12 years old, you wrote your first book. Yeah. What inspired you to write? What inspired me to write uh, when I was 12 or, or today like, or modern that's, times? That's, that's when you were 12. Oh, um, your first your first story at 12 years old. What was the inspiration behind that? Um, well, specifically, um, it was reading um, uh, the the Chronicles of Narnia mm -hmm. and The Hobbit. Mm -hmm. um, that made me really wanted want to be a storyteller. And specifically, the the uh, Spider Man versus Wolverine comic. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that, yeah, um, but yeah. uh, after reading I that. I, yeah, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. So, so yeah. After reading that, I was like, "Wow, I I really want to write comics specifically. That's that's what I want to do." Um, so it was it was while well, it started with prose, um, it was it was my love it was my love of reading comics that kind of led me in that direction. Right. So that I mean, they're, they're, they're very different disciplines. Very. So, so did you have to do any research on how to format and write for comics? At that age, oh. or was it something later on down the road? 
that you uh, that wasn't really it's we didn't have internet where we could just jump on and how do you oh. write a comic you know so uh, i i didn't feel like i had any avenues to really do any research on it all i had was my experience uh in reading them right. you know so uh i i would fold my little toy my typewriter paper in half and i would draw my little pictures on it and everything you know but um uh yeah it was it, it was it was really just kind of a learn as you go thing in fact that's kind of my thing i jump in the deep end and then teach myself how to swim right i mean I, you just shocked half the half the, the listener base because they're like what do you mean you didn't have any internet right so <laughs> Oh, like, what do you mean? I was born with internet. What is he talking about? Yeah, there was a time when it was just typewriters and telephones, and uh, there were yeah. no mobile phones. You know, there was a, yeah, it was a different world back then. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's only sure. you think about it. It's not that long ago. It, it wasn't really. I mean, I, I like to say that anyway, being it makes me feel less old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fascinating. Right? <laughs> I remember, you know, when I, I uh, you have to go to the, you know, your rotary phone in the kitchen and call your friend. And uh, uh, I, I had this one friend who would call my house. I'd pick up the phone and I'd say hello, and I'm like, I was like, uh, and it's her, he, my friend Herb. He says, "Hey Sam, where are you?" He called me. Right at my house, <laughs> right. and I hung up the phone, and, uh, and he would call back. He goes, "Why'd you hang up?" I said, "You called my house, and you're asking me where I'm at." You know, so but anyway, that, that, those were the days. You know, you have to. You, then you would say, "Let's meet up at, at this spot," and you know, and, uh, there was no. Right, page. Right. Are you here? Um, yeah. Oh, the hard time to change. Yeah, yeah. So, so now let's talk about. You said that um, um, that first book at twelve was that a prose or a comic? That was a comic. Okay, called, so like we... I said, it was it, it was based uh, a lot. I, mean, a lot. I, I I changed the situation and a few things about him, but it was basically Casey Jones in a different right. situation. But yeah, I called him the Warrior and everything, and yeah, yeah, nice. So uh, definitely a comic. Yeah. So at what point did you realize? Okay, when you were twelve, you were inspired to write, and sometimes things are a phase we go through, right? So when For did sure. you realize one hundred percent? I I want to be a writer. Okay. Um, well, that was, uh, honestly, uh, I, I tried, I tried writing prose a little bit in my twenties. Uh, um, I tried, uh, getting into, uh, writing comics a little bit in my thirties, but, um, honestly, it wasn't until I used to run a, a an online comic magazine called the Chico comics page where, uh, we interviewed creators and, and we, uh, uh reviewed comics and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, well, I kind of used the information I got from there to, to kind of help me figure out, you know, uh, how to, how to make comics, you know, after, well, what do you do to make a comic? What do you do to make a comic? You know, and I kind of gathered all my little information together and, uh, I decided that I could do it. And so I got online and I was like, Hey, uh, I, I, I feel like I can write. I got a whole bunch of characters cause I'd been creating characters for years. And, uh, a guy finally got a hold of me and he said, Hey, uh, I'd like you to write for me. And so I did. Um, I uh, he the, the idea was that uh, he would uh, we, we would run this Kickstarter afterwards and everybody would get paid. That's a horrible idea for anybody listening. Don't do that. Um, so <laughs> uh, 
the, I, I ended up writing three issues for this guy, and um, it, he, it turns out he wasn't serious at all. He wasn't planning on the Kickstarter. So I took what I did. I walked, and I said, you know what? I'm going to write my own comics in my own universe. I'm going to do this for myself. And that's when I got really serious about it. That was about 43, when I was wow. 43. Nice. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. So, so now, what was your first independently produced, full, completed story? Um, that was Omen number one, but honest, actually, that wasn't ironically, that wasn't actually the one that was released first. <laughs> wow. There was, there was a, there was a conflict. Uh, we, we started with one artist and it didn't work out. We had to switch to another artist. So while the first comic Omen number one was getting redrawn, uh, we, we actually put out the second comic white drew it a Michael Nero number one. And that, that ended up being our first published book, uh, January, 2019. Wow. Wow. So. Talk about that, right? So you you make a decision. You want to go full force. <clears throat> There's a lot of moving parts, right? You got to work with other nice. people. Um, what was that process like of vetting talent to work with, and and then what was the communication like when you were actually going through the 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 comic book development stages? Oh wow, um, it was it was honestly that 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 first uh, uh, year or so of trying to uh, reach out to artists and, and other writers and stuff and, and see if uh, uh, they want to work, you know, like they'd come on and everything would be great up front. Everybody says, yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they come on and then they're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of that going on, but um, honestly, I, I ended up coming across a, a pretty good uh, group. Um, one of the people I interviewed at the Chico Comics page was an artist from Nigeria named Tosin Awasika. And uh, I asked him if he wanted to come on and do the art for us. Uh, and he agreed to do that. Um, we, we mostly communicate through like Facebook and stuff. Um, also, one of my reviewers at the Chico Comics page, Steve Sellers, um, I brought him on uh, to do uh, writing for a couple of my titles and stuff. Um, again, uh, mostly just social media and stuff is how we communicate. Right. Uh, found a letter, Guido Martinez. Uh, eventually, we found the editor, uh, Russ Pirozek, and uh, we've stuck with that team ever since. Nice, nice. How long have you guys been working together? Um, this team has been together since 2019. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Nice. <clears throat> so, start. So, now you go through the growing pains, changing orders, moving parts, have to redraw things over again. Now you're ready to release it. Did you run a Kickstarter for that first one? No, I did not. Um, uh, I I didn't really know anything about uh, Kickstarters, uh, really. Um, uh, you know what? Come to think of it, uh, I didn't run a Kickstarter for White Drew to Michael Nero, number one. But when I did put out Omen, number one, uh, I did try to run a Kickstarter for that. Um, but honestly, I knew nothing about Kickstarters. <laughs> and so it's it's really not a wonder that the Kickstarter failed. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I did, there was just a lot I didn't know about how you structure it and how you set it up and what all goes into it and the planning. And I was just a noob and didn't know anything. And uh, right. well, so that didn't that didn't really work out all that well. But um, yeah, that was that was the one. OK. All right. So. You, now you 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 said that you independently published that book. Walk us through the process. What was that like? Um, well, uh, first um, I, I tried pitching to a couple of uh, publishers, um, but um, 
Omen number one, um, well, I think is is decent. Um, it, it was really my first real comic. And so I, I, I feel like I had a lot to learn still. Like I said, I kind of dive in the deep end and then teach myself how to swim, you know? And so uh, uh, it, it was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a struggle, but um, what I decided to do was get the PDFs made and I was just going to publish them di digitally. And so I published them on uh, a few different digital platforms. Um, but ultimately I ended up, um, on global comics and just on Amazon Kindle. Uh, we were on Comixology for a while, but as everybody knows, that kind of collapsed. Um, so uh, really it was just digital publishing um, at first. And there was, there was almost no money coming in as, as we, we were, we were brand new and uh, like making a couple hundred bucks at a signing here and there doesn't do a whole lot to pay for a comic that costs you a couple thousand dollars just to draw, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so uh, that, 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 that part was, that part was a real struggle. Um, and, and honestly, uh, we, we've just been kind of, um, uh, putting in uh, what what we've got to do to to put out the next comic. We're we're we're, we're just trying to build it slowly. Um, we we have we have honestly yet to make um, a profit. Uh, not that money isn't coming in. I mean, there are sales and readers and, and fans and all of that, but um, we're 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 still I'm still shooting for that. I want to break even point. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I understand. It's uh, the independent. Uh, uh creators that the biggest challenge is that you know monetizing and and uh you know getting that return on your investment it's a challenge because the main factor is distribution right and right. Um, and being able to not only that and funding so funding and distribution are the two critical elements um that are required and those are the biggest challenges in, in the community uh, so that's uh, understandable and so now you're getting ready to launch Dragon Girl Albino Warrior number one. Correct. On Kickstarter. Um, and talk to us about what is Dragon Girl Albino Warrior? Okay. All right. So um, Dragon Girl Albino Warrior number one um, is an East meets West martial arts fantasy comic with superheroes and kaiju elements. Uh, the comic follows a warrior monk named Pai Long, who is worried that coming to America might cause him to lose his way. It's also about a 16-year-old girl named Danny Finney with a terminal case of muscular dystrophy that her parents are desperate to find a cure for. This story's ultimate goal is to show us that prophecy chooses its own path. Wow, fantastic. So what, what, where did you come up with this concept? What was the inspiration behind it? Okay, um, well... I, like a lot of kids that, that grew up in the 80s, uh, I loved the Karate Kid, <laughs> you know, and so I really I particularly loved the relationship between Miyagi and Danielson. Right. You know, uh, they they uh, they had that kind of father, father, son, master uh, student kind of thing going there. And, and I just really appreciated that. Right. Um, also, I, I really think that the Karate Kid showed that there is a right way to teach martial arts and a wrong way to teach martial arts. Right. And uh, so you combine that with uh, later on in my 20s, I took uh, Shaolin Kung Fu. Uh, it was part of my I was kind of going on this MMA kick at the time. But um, uh, I, I learned some some uh, some principles uh, about um, 
so I guess just basically Buddhist principles um, about, um, you know, the spiritual and philosophical side of martial arts that right. that there there's a lot more to it than just violence. Right. And anyway, I wanted to share that experience, that love I got from the karate kid and from the from the Buddhist principles and the Shaolin monks and all that. Right. I, I wanted to I wanted to share all that. And so uh, part of that, uh, part of the, the Dragon Girl Albino Warrior story is that martial arts part. I wanted to show somebody that 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 really exemplified that that uh, that the, the the perfect teacher, the perfect student, uh, and and I wanted to do an East meets West thing, kind of like with the with the Karate Kid too. I, I wanted to I wanted to really bring that bring that together and show the light of that. Um, but also, uh, there's there's just mythology in general. Um, I mentioned I'm a huge mythology fan, right? Um, Right. So I know that uh, like while in the West, we kind of view uh, dragons as, you know, something a knight goes off and slays, you know, but uh, in, in the East, uh, things are things are different, um, you know, uh, especially in, in China. Uh, dragons are, are considered mystical they're, they're, they impart wisdom. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? They're 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 they're, they're good. They're uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they're 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 genuinely good deities, and I wanted to approach my dragons like that. Right. Um, yeah. And so the other thing uh, that inspired it, um, you know, I I mentioned that uh, Danny Finney has uh, muscular dystrophy. Um, several years back, there was an Alterna comic where a guy um, had his son was born with Down syndrome, and mm-hmm. um, he he actually wrote a comic. Uh, where uh, his son basically with Down syndrome became a, a superhero in the comic that he wrote. And I just thought that was so cool. I wanted to do something like that, you know, with a, with a disability. You know, I wanted to take something like that and, you know, let's let's make them superheroes like that. I thought that was a really cool idea. So it was kind of a mix of, of all of that, yeah. uh, you know, plus I, I have a love of science. And so there's a fair amount of that in there, too. Okay. So now, I'll... Uh, Dragon Girl. Yes. Tell us about her. Dragon Girl. Well, okay. Um, you, Danny is your average 16-year-old geeky high school girl. Um, well, aside from her extremely rare case of MD confining her to a wheelchair. She loves her sci-fi TV show, War Star Fleet, and comic books, especially Warrior Queen, who she draws inspiration from. One of her favorite memories is staying up late with her friend Gretchen and watching old martial arts movies. Danny is also very close to her loving and supportive uh, mother and father, Marion James. Uh, she, her, her, uh, her thing is kind of, um, despite she, she too lives in a rough part of town, like I did. And she's, she's also poor, like I was. And so, uh, this is this, I, through her, I'm, I'm also, I'm doing the empowering of the disability thing, but I'm also right. doing the, the, the crawling out of the whole thing, you know, uh, despite living in these situations and having this, this condition that she has to live with, she always sees things, uh, from the light. She chooses to see the light rather than the darkness. And that is why, um, while most of my books tend to be dark and maybe kind of horror influenced and stuff, uh, Dragon Girl Albino Warrior is, as Galadriel would say, a light in dark places. Nice, fantastic. So, so then, so who does she have to confront in the series? Um, well, um, what's her? Uh, what's her there has to be a purpose to bring her out. 
Yes, yes, there is. Um, there is a. I, I, I don't. I can't give too much away here. Right. But, He's like, Sam, stop but, asking questions. <laughs> let, let me. Let me. I, I can say this. There is an ancient Chinese prophecy about the return of the Great White Dragon Lord that is uh, embodies life and light, and uh, Pai Long, that uh, warrior monk from China, and Danny Finney, that uh, poor Irish girl from. Uh, 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 Kingdom City um, are part of that prophecy. And even though they are the, on the most unlikely of paths uh, right. to cross, uh, that, that that's why this story proves that prophecy chooses its own path. Right. Nice. Nice. I like how you word it. Um, uh, you know, because you're, you're, you're creating a lore and, and, and you're, you have those little um, you're hitting on the right uh, I guess anecdotes that's really creates that spark of curiosity uh, nice yes so um so this first issue uh how many pages is it 40, 40? plus four cover pages obviously plus four cover pages so why did you go 40 instead of your traditional 24 because <laughs> i can't write stories short stories <laughs> for crap man <laughs> I just, I just can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I tend to want to go off on stuff, and uh, I, I just, I mean, I think the shortest story I ever wrote was uh, like 28 pages. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Most I average somewhere between 32 and 40 on on average for for my comics. I just, like I said, I just can't write a short one. <laughs> nice. nice. Right. So, what can people expect from this first issue? Um, well, you're going to get um, one of one of the biggest themes in Dragon Girl Albino Warrior is family. And you're going to pick that up both from uh, Pai Long and his master Shifu, as well as from Danny and her mother and father, James and Mary. Uh, family is uh, is 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 a very strong theme in this. Um, the Danny, Danny and her, her parents are very close. This is a very loving and supportive family. And uh, I really want that to stand out in there. And also Pai and his master Shifu also have that very loving and supportive relationship. And I want to bring those two together and show that family can cross all kinds of bounds. Outstanding. Outstanding. So when are you launching this official campaign? Uh, the Kickstarter is going live August 15th. And, and I'll tell you why I'm waiting so long. Um, the art is being done right now. In fact, it's being colored right now. And the comic book is going to be totally lettered uh, before the campaign is even over. Um, very likely before the campaign even starts. Um, also, uh, we're doing a really professional video for this one. Um, we really wanted to, to, to bring our A game with this one. And so not only are we throwing everything in the kitchen sink at the, at the, at the Kickstarter itself, uh, we wanted to put on a really nice presentation. And so we're having some, when we get the colored pages back, we're going to hand them over to Amy Fusco and she's going to actually animate the, some of the pages and artwork and stuff, uh, make that video for us. And anyway, all of that's going to take some time. And so that's why we're waiting until August 15th. We want to make sure we have enough time to get all that done. Outstanding. Outstanding. So, so talk about some of the things that people can expect as far as tiers. Um, you know, what do you have planned for this? Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. We got, we're, we're, we got the, the, it, it all, each tier builds on the previous one. And of course uh, we start with the, with the basic one of uh, uh, 
just the the digital tier, right? But then we're also adding. We have a what we do a thing called a producer credit in the comic, um, and and that's kind of my callback to. I think comics are a bridge between uh, film and 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 uh, pros, right. you know. So the the producer thing is kind of my callback to that. But if you if you back the project and we're successful, uh, we're going to give put your name in the comic listed as a producer in it. Right. So, right. So the next tier up is that digital with the producer credit. And then, of course, um, we got we made a cool uh, um, Dragon Girl Albino Warrior uh, stickers, three by five waterproof. We're going to we're going to add that on there. Uh, the, you, there's obviously a printed copy of the standard cover. Uh, we have a variant cover called the Prophecy Edition. Um, and that one uh, that one's uh, going to be released on a stretch goal if we make it to it. That's uh, that's the last stretch goal. Um, but, uh, we, we got, uh, we got, uh, lots of digital comics, um, on this. Uh, we got comics from other people at Wicked Publishing. Uh, we got other Omen comics and other Revelation comics, including our most, my, my most recent comic, uh, the Viking horror comic Seder. Uh, that one's going to be on there too. Um, and, uh, uh, there's also, like I said, there's going to be uh, cover art for everything, and there's even uh, there's even uh, our, our digital trade Omenverse Volume One. It contains our first uh, our first four comics on there. And so, why four covers? Why four covers? Uh, no, they're just the just just the two covers. Oh, okay, so there's two. Okay, so you said it was four. I thought I, I thought you said uh, no. The four the 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 trade the Omenverse Volume One uh, right. contains our first four comics. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. So nice. the the idea is that if you pick this up, even though it's part of a shared universe, you're right. gonna get all the digital comics that go with, that went before it, uh, plus some extra stuff, so you get all caught up on the story, and plus you get the you get the Dragon Girl of Honor Warrior, obviously. And then our stretch goals, we made we we got together with a whole bunch of indie creators, and we got some really cool digital indie comics bundles coming for you. Nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, so, tell me about your artist. My artist, um, Tosin. Uh, like I said, he lives in he lives in Nigeria, and his process is a little different uh, because, um, well, I don't know if you know this, but Nigeria's power grid is just crap. I mean, it, it it goes down all the time. The power is always going out. And so he's actually having to uh, draw the stuff uh, by hand and then scan them into the computer and then do the, the inking and the coloring and stuff. Right. And so, yeah. So, I mean, that, that process is a little different, but it does give him a unique style uh, because the stuff is hand drawn on there. It does give it a little bit more uh, of a, of a, of an authentic flavor, I think. Right. Um, Plus there, there is this and um, well, he has gotten, he, he, this is not to impugn his work in any way, shape or form. Um, when he first started, he had actually never drawn a white person before. Wow. And so, and so the, in, in, in some, in some of the cases uh, you can actually see uh, some, some different features on, on some of the, on some of the characters. It's almost, almost a blend. And I, I think that that gives our characters a, a unique visual element as well. Um, he's also he, he's also getting way better with his coloring, uh, with his art all the time. Um, you know, uh, because he lives in Nigeria, 
um, we have to we have to be very detailed and stuff in the in the scripts as far as what we want because it's not like we can just call each other up and be like, hey, this is what I want you to do, right? right. Uh, so uh, we 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 we're pretty descriptive as far as what we want in each panel, but somehow, and I, I honestly don't know how he does this, <laughs> but somehow he manages to improve on what we've written down there every single time. He finds a better way of laying it out or or just a, a nicer way of putting it together. And I mean, every time he, he sends us the art, I'm like, dude, you outdid yourself again. And it's just, I mean, he's always improving and stuff. It's, it's just a real pleasure to work with him. That's outstanding. Now, did you, you find him on social media? How did you connect? <clears throat> um, I interviewed him. We, I talked about the Chico comics page before. Right. Um, I actually interviewed him on one of our creator spotlights on, the on there. Nice. Yeah. No, not on that. Not on the podcast. This was before the podcast. This was uh, your online magazine. Online magazine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I interviewed him and stuff and he, he was kind of shy. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, his talent is talent is definitely there too. Um, but yeah, just met him mostly through social media. Uh, did the interview, uh, mostly through social media, you know, uh, that that's basically our main contact, uh, aside from the emails and stuff. So who approached who about working together? Was it you, you approaching him and, and with the idea or was it? Yeah, I, I, I totally approached him. Um, I was like, uh, so I got this problem. Uh, I got, I, I, I uh, I, I started comic working with this other artist and um, I showed him the pages and I, I was like, basically I need you to do something like this, but you know, in your style. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I was, you know, when I first started my, I was, I was dirt. I mean, dirt poor. <laughs> so we're talking, I could afford to do one page a month when I first started, <laughs> <laughs> but he was willing to work with, uh, work with my budget and stuff. And uh, we it's just, we've kind of built a, a good rapport since then. Well, that's outstanding. outstanding. So what's what's your long game? What's my long game? Well, uh, ultimately, Omen Comics uh, is going to have six total titles. Uh, uh, there's the, there's Omen, uh, White Druid of Michael Nero, Gallowsman, uh, Guardians of a Lamb, Dragon Girl, Albina Warrior, and Dark Oracles. And each of those are going to have roughly 10 to 12 issues before a giant... Uh, uh, event called Tetra and Omega at the end of phase one. Uh, we're talking about doing phase two beyond that, but right now we got somewhere around 70 or 80 comics planned. Wow. That's, that's a big undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm really elaborate with my storytelling. Right. <laughs> I got that from Tolkien. I get really in, really into detail and stuff. And my my poor <laughs> Steve Sellers, the guy who writes me. Oh man, when when I first brought him on to write, uh, I, I I must have given him. Oh my God, at least 20 pages full of world building notes that I'd put together. <laughs> and wow. so, you know, that I, I got a really big story planned um, and it's just, it's going to take a while to tell it. Right. You had, as a, What's the length of time you anticipate getting to that, that big crossover event? Oh, it'll be years from now. Um, right now we're only being able to put out about two comics per year. Right. And um, we've also got an imprint label called Revelation Comics, mm -hmm. where we do side stories outside of the Omen verse. Right. Um, and so we're trying to do one one comic from Omen Comics, one comic from Revelation Comics per year uh, to build it up. And 
fortunately, that's about as fast as we can do it right now. Right, right. No, it's understandable. Um, you know, I think it's um, what's it? Just like the tortoise in the hair, right? Slow and steady. Right, right. You know, and it's uh, you got to work at the pace that makes more the most sense for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Turtle power, as it were. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, um, where can people reach you? Uh, people, I'm on. Uh, I'm on uh, uh, Twitter at uh, at Comics Omen. Um, also uh, on uh, Facebook at uh, Omen Comics. Uh, Revelation Comics is on uh, Twitter also at right. Revelation Comic. Uh, they are on uh, Facebook also at Revelation Comics with an X. Um, I am on my personal account is uh, Michael Nunley, but uh, take off the Y and it's with a five. So it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-N-U-N-N-E-L-E-5 because they wouldn't let me put the Y on there. <laughs> but we're also on Patreon um, at uh, at Omen Comics and uh, that uh, our podcast at Omen Revelations. And that's on Anchor, Spotify, pretty much wherever you're going to listen to a podcast. Awesome. So now we're at that stage where I'm going to give you the screen and I want you to give you elevator pitch. Why should people sign up for the launch of Dragon Girl Albina Warrior and why should they pledge? So uh, here you go. All right. All right. Uh, you should definitely check out Dragon Girl Albino Warrior. Uh, this is something. This is something unique. Uh, there, you usually don't have a martial arts fantasy uh, combined with kaiju elements, and you don't. You don't typically have uh, a really strong uh, family element added into that. You know, this is about overcoming odds. This is about being a light in dark places. Uh, I think that not only will you get some awesome martial arts fun out of this, I think you're going to get uh, some really Really cool, uh, like heartfelt moments as well. There's there's a lot of action, uh, but like I said, there's a lot of heart too. There's there's also some serious science in here too. Uh, when we're talking about uh, how all this gets started and and even the gods, uh, we're talking about bringing back old gods into this. You know, like I don't know any other stories that are out there that have all these kinds of elements in them, and I think that's why you should check it out. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, thank you, Mike, for being on Cast the Craze. Uh, you know, we wish you much success right now. There's 16 people who have signed up. The links will be in the summary. So if you want to sign up, just hit that link and go straight there. And if you want to reach out to uh, Mike and his crew, the links will be also in the summary as well. Um, yeah. Again, thank you again for being on Cast the Craze. We wish you hey, all Thanks for time. having me, man. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. So, uh, yeah. So uh, we'll be talking. Yeah, and again, and you want to come down on uh, – come back on or you want to have your artist come on the show, let us know and we can make it happen. Oh, thanks man. I appreciate that. We'll, we'll definitely hit you up again. You got it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was Mike Nunley. And again, uh, guys, check it out. Another indie creator, um, methodical. He has a process. Well thought of story. I built the universe has a good, um, uh, team home team, a base that he's working with. Um, but you can see the, the reality of being an independent creator. Um, there are challenges. There are challenges. There are financial challenges. There, there, there are logistic challenges. Um, there are collaborative challenges. I mean, he went, you know, the, the, the issues with the artists. And that's just a reality. And we all know that. We all work through those, those growing pains. Um, you know, but there's something about wanting to chase your dream. 
you know, and that, and sometimes, you know, that, that, that fight is all you need is to keep fighting through it. Right. And, uh, so while he has a, a really expansive, grandiose world that he's, he's built, um, he also understands the reality of that. It's going to take time to achieve, um, his goal. So, um, if there's any lesson in this is it doesn't matter what stage in life you're in. If, if your heart is telling you that, uh, there's something that you need to do then do it. Um, and don't chase the clock, chase the story, put your heart, your soul, your energy into the story, into your work, into your creativity. Um, don't worry about the clock. I think what happens is we chase the clock. We miss a few steps. We chase the clock. Anxiety builds. We chase the clock. We get frustrated because we're not where we need to be, right? And so we don't have a choice in in the when. We do have a choice in the how. So let me break that down, right? So you don't have a choice in when things will happen, when it'll pop off for you, when something will take off and and and, and give you that momentum to keep going forward. We do have a choice of the how, how we work, how we do it, you know, and, and what we're putting into our process. So focus on your how. Don't focus on the when. You know your why. You're doing it because you love it. Um, and then eventually the universe will come full circle. Um, worst case scenario, you've accomplished something that you've always wanted to do. Even if it didn't get out there, you know what? You know you started something, you finished something, and, and you can stand tall with it. So with that said, that's another episode of Cast the Craze Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Give us a thumbs up if you if you do. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. Share it with a friend. If you want to be a guest on Cast the Craze, it's as simple as just hitting us up. There's a link in the summary. Hit that link. It'll take you to the calendar where you can sign up and book yourself on the show. Uh, just follow the instructions and make sure we get the collateral that we're asking for. And then we'll do our best to uh, put the spotlight on you because that's why we do what we do is because of you. We want you to shine and we want to be the light that shines on you. So uh, I appreciate every single one of you. Fight the good fight. Stay focused. Stay positive. Be grateful. And uh, with that said, I'm Sam the Crazy Man Vera. George Medina is not here. He's in Europe. I'm out. No, I was talking about my friend Aquise. I met him. Say my name. Say my name. This is what you were thinking? Oh, my God. You said, I'm the. What? You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Oh, <laughs> 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 girl.